This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. Austin left field deep. Bam going back. Looking up. He will watch it fly. And 29 other MLB clubs. 2-2 pitch on Trout, and he blasts one. Way back. It's one out. Pete Alonso, he's your home run derby champion. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From spin rate to juiced balls to game-changing moments, we have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. Round two, here we go, A's fans. You got the Astros for three. Cannot wait. Let's go. You got your mojo back, hopefully yesterday, at the Coliseum where the Athletics took down the L.A. Dodgers in 10 with a 4-3 victory. And probably the best thing about that game yesterday is all the different players that played a huge part. When you start looking at Mitch Moreland, who had been struggling, Elvis Andrus had been struggling. Matt Chapman had been struggling. And all these guys played a huge part in this victory. And the bullpen from Choleric to Romo to Diekman to Trevino to Yesmero Petit. Jesus Lazardo was shaky as you know what in the first inning. A little shaky in the second inning but settled down to give the team five and a third and only gave up two and struck out six. I said this all day yesterday in the postgame show. They need to clean it up. If they're going to get back in this thing, they've got to clean up certain aspects of their fundamentals. One for sure is throwing strikes. By the way, Bob Melvin is going to join us coming up here in just a little bit for the Bob Melvin Show, his weekly hit only here on Ace Cast Live. Now, he can go on other radio stations once in a while, but he is exclusive once a week right here on Ace Cast Live. But throwing strikes, you can't give free passes. You can't give free passes at any level. You can't walk people in Little League. You can't walk people in Pony League. You can't do it in high school, college, minor leagues, pro. You can't defend the walk. And if you look at yesterday how the Dodgers scored, Taylor walked in the first to lead off the game. He scored. You do a leadoff walk of an inning, the odds are that guy's going to score. Walks are death. Max Muncy Pollock grounded out to Jed Lowry. Then Max Muncy came up, walked. What happened? He scored. Then in the seventh, with Taylor leading off, hit by pitch, just like a walk. Can't defend it. He scored. That's how they scored their three runs, by giving them free passes. You got to clean it up. 
But I, I'm just thinking the way they won that game yesterday, Chris Bassett's chugging Red Bull. It's a it's a Red Bull rally or rally Red Bull, whatever the hell you want to call it. And he's throwing the empty can at Sean Mania. They did this back in 2018. Whatever it is, the joy they had when they won that game, you could see on the field. You could see this had been mounting on them. They can sit in that clubhouse all they want and say, this isn't affecting us. We're not worried about it. We know, okay, you got to say that. What else are you going to say? We're panicking. Hit the panic button. But the emotion yesterday after that win, you understand these guys are starting to grip it a little bit. Well, hopefully that's gone. And you go in now, take two out of three at least from Houston, and then Commander Cody, probably one of the oddest things, was the other day when you told me we have Sunday off. I don't ever remember having a Sunday off during the baseball season. It's a really weird off day schedule snafu kind of thing. Like, there were some teams that were off last Sunday, too. I know the Giants and Mariners were off last Sunday. You know, us and the Astros, and I, I haven't looked at the schedule that far. I had to see who else has Sunday off. And then there's an off day on Wednesday, too. So, a few off days coming up, and then I think the following week there's another one. Uh, so, there's a – you know, you got some days off coming up. Um, it, it's you, You're right, though. Go in, take two out of three from Houston. But you're talking about the pitching. Uh, let me just – I hate to be the bearer of bad news. The A's lead Major League Baseball in walks allowed by their starting pitchers. They had the second highest opponent's batting average by it's 305. Only the Rays have higher Why? at 306. Why? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? Got a win yesterday. Why are you doing this? You're putting bad mojo <laughs> out into the world. Well, I don't know. I'm just I'm just you need, you need to tell these guys. You need to walk into that clubhouse and look every one of these guys in the in the eye and go, "You know what? You're the best pitcher I've ever seen." No well, one can hit you. Well, I don't care if your I don't care if your bullpen ERA is six point one six and leads major league baseball. I don't care. After being the best last year, <laughs> you're you're the best pitchers I've ever seen. And when you go out there, you remember that you're the greatest of all time and shove it down their throats. Yeah, A's bullpen is uh, leading the world in ERA. It's early. It's only seven games. It's early. And 30 and two-thirds innings, they got a 6.16 ERA. Would you say our starters have walked the most hitters? Yeah, uh, well, no, overall, just overall pitching stats. Uh, the A's have allowed 34 walks. The next closest, oh, the team they're playing on Monday, the Diamondbacks are the 31. Staff? The, 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 yeah. the overall pitching staff? Yeah, the overall pitching staff is allowed 34 walks. Let me write that down. Most BBs. And it's, how many did you say, 34? 34 and 64 innings. Uh, here, I'll give you a couple more if you need it. Uh, All right. The A's have allowed the most hits in baseball, 80. The next closest is the Rays at 66. They have the That's second the second highest opponent's uh, batting average at 305. Wait, what? Yeah. Teams yeah. are hitting 305? Yeah. The, only the Rays have a higher uh, opponent's batting average, and that's at 306. And they, the A's have the highest whip allowed. Um, at 1.78. So you got to improve those numbers. Oh, the well, their overall team ERA, not the worst in baseball. That belongs to, well, uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates. Just, just a shade higher at 7.35 to the A's, 7.17. So starting pitching was supposed to be the strength coming in. It's early. It's seven games. I'm not hitting the old panic button just yet. 
But a 7-1-7 uh, team ERA for your, your pitching staff, probably not good through seven games going into play a team that has scored a bazillion runs their first uh, six games of the season. Well, I mean, they only were outscored by the Astros 35-9 to in that four-game series. That's it. Well, I think they have the worst run differential in baseball behind, I think, yes. them, and then the Pirates are next. Yes, yes. I, what is it now, like minus 36 or something like that? And there's no one even close. Yeah, the, well, yeah, the Pirates will be next. Oh, the Pirates are cl- closing in because they got, they got crushed yesterday by the Reds. They lost again today. So, I mean, the, but they're still not catching. I think they're still behind the A's. I'd have to look up what exactly what it is, but it's, still, it's probably not as close as you would think. All right, let's take care of some business here. Trevor Rosenthal did have the surgery. He's placed on the 60-day IL. He'll be reevaluated by Dr. Pearl in Texas in eight weeks. He's the specialist. They removed his first rib, a pec minor release, and scalene release. I have no idea what any of that means. Yeah, All I know is he had surgery. Yeah, essentially, that's all you need to know. I was just being really, really uh, formal with uh, everything in there. Thoracic, it's, it's, it's thoracic what? Was it again? Thoracic? Th- thoracic outlet syndrome. No, I did a whole breakdown on that. There have been like 20 pitchers uh, that have had this issue, um, some of them being, you know, Matt Harvey, Chris Archer, Chris Carpenter, the former Cardinal, Phil Hughes, former uh, A. Tyson Ross. You know, Ross had it. Yeah. You know, Harvey complained that his finger started tingling and then he was soon diagnosed with this is back in 2016 and 2017. Well, I mean, let's be honest. If if you get to a point to where you have major pain in your shoulder and your fingers start going numb, to me, that'd be really scary. Oh, yeah, it is. And uh, uh, I, 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 I can't even imagine, you know, you start wondering what's wrong. I mean, Thank God it's just this, you know, because they talk about, you know, if your left side feeling numb and your fingers, you know, they start talking about you're having a stroke. Yeah. I mean, and that's scary stuff when 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 your limbs start to go numb. So positive prayers out there for Trevor Trevor Rosenthal that hopefully and we talked to David Force today. Are we going to play that tomorrow? Tomorrow. Yeah. You know, hopefully sometime around August or a little bit after August. He might be able to come back and help this team down the stretch, and that that'd be that'd be like adding a guy at the trading deadline. So I mean, hopefully he gets back and we can see him in the green and gold, and he can help for a playoff push. The one that I just go, you got to be kidding me. So we 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 knew about this this morning because we taped Bob Melvin at nine a.m. And it wasn't announced. What time was it announced to, to the public? About 1235-ish Pacific time. So it would have been 2.30 in Houston where, where the A's are right now, central time. Yeah, we could have busted out, hey, A.J. Puck's going on the I.L., but I don't think uh, PR would have been very happy with us. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, yeah, we had the story this morning, and I got to tell you, A.J. Puck, strain left bicep, this guy throws one time, one time, and he's back on the IL. So forget Ken Korak thinking he can be a starter. And, Cody, forget you thinking he can be a reliever. I don't know what you can do with him. 
at this point, I, I mean, he's had Tommy John, he's had shoulder surgery. Now he goes out one time and you're putting him on the IL. I don't know what his role can be. It's clearly not going to be as a starter anytime soon. He may be a one-inning guy. I was just going to say the one-inning guy might be the role because he went, went three and a third the other night against the Dodgers, and you think that, okay, look, there's his chance to be a long reliever. You kind of get to build up his arm strength. And then you find out he didn't play catch on Tuesday and he couldn't play catch yesterday, as Bob told the media earlier uh, before we came on, that that was kind of the issue. And it's like, man, oh, man, like this is your first outing since 2019. That's the most innings you pitch in a game since you were in the minors in 2017, and then, you, and then the injury happens again. It's so unfortunate because you see the potential with the kid. He throws hard. He has the big frame. I mean, he's he's. It's a, I mean, it's it's a he'd be a luxury if you can keep him healthy. But man, I mean, ten days. Gar, uh, Garra's coming back up, coming up for the A's. Um, it, it's it's. I mean, the bullpen the bullpen's already taxed, and you really don't have a long guy right now. Bert Smith is also hurt. The A's have six total players on the IL, including Chad Pinder. That's the most they've had on the IL since 2019 in August. So you got five pitchers that were supposed to be prominent roles in your bullpen on the IL. I don't know about – I don't think we thought Goodwan was going to be a guy in the bullpen to start the year. But still, you have Rosenthal and Puck and others, uh, Burt Smith and, and on the IL. That's not good to start the year. It's been kind of fluky. If you ask me that these injuries have happened, that's why you're off to a one-and-six start. But then again, you weren't scoring runs. So you can't blame it all on the starting pitching because you're not scoring any runs. Uh, when you have a minus 27 run differential, or minus 36 run differential, the next closest is the Pirates at minus 27. And then the Rays are pretty bad. They're minus 19. But these these injuries are, are piling up, and the A.J. Puck one, is just, it's, it's a head-scratcher. It is good to see that Matt Olson's back in the lineup today, DHing. So not playing yeah, first base, but he's DHing. So And I think he's batting second, too. So Matt Olson in the uh, two-hole as uh, we're seeing a lot of good hitters being put in the second spot in the lineup anymore over the last few years. Lou Trevino has thrown 36 pitches over the last two days. Yes, Mero Petit has pitched three of the last four days. Adam Kalerik has pitched three out of the last four days. Uh, I don't know who's available. I guess Romo will be available. Diekman will be available. But, man, I mean, the starters... This is what happens when your guys don't go deep into games. You literally just eat up your bullpen, and it's and it's brutal. It's absolutely brutal. I mean, and now you're going to the alternate site, and you're looking around. Who who's this right-handed guy they brought up? I haven't even heard of him. Guerra, yeah, he's he's pitched for the Pirates and the Angels, and he pitched okay in spring. I mean, he's been around a uh, a, a little bit. I mean, he's thirty-one, I, I'm, if I'm not mistaken. So he's not like some young hotshot kid you're calling up from oh. the outside. He's a, he's a grizzled veteran, as they like to say. I mean, we'll we'll find out if he's a good thrower of the baseball or not later today, but or if he appears in a game. But I mean, you got to bring somebody up. I mean, there's. I mean, who else do you really have? I mean, I mean, it's still, it's still a little confusing to me that Caprellian or, or Dalton Jeffries isn't getting a shot to be long, long relievers for right now because I know they're going to get starts down at the outside against Sac Sacramento and then AAA when the AAA season starts. But you're telling me you what would, you wouldn't rather see those guys appear than you know relievers that you know a lot of guys. If you're a casual ace and you have no idea who these guys are. 
He's eight and five with a 4.81 ERA and 83 relief appearances over five seasons, one year in Pittsburgh, two years in Los Angeles. I don't even remember him pitching for the Angels. Milwaukee and then the Phillies last year. So, all right. But here's the deal. Cole Irvin, you're fighting for your job. You know, when you're the number five guy and you go out four runs, four and a third, you allow 10 of 22 batters to reach safely. I know it's your first start, but you're not going to get a whole lot of run. You, you, you need, you need to give a good outing because as commander just said, you got guys down there at the alternate site that a lot of people want to see these arms. If Dalton Jeffries is that good, or you believe in Caprellian, well, come on down. Let's see what they got. I mean, this series, right, this 10-day stretch we knew was going to be tough, and it starts out horrific. But you take two out of three, and then you got Arizona. Now you can start getting healthier, and the competition is not as strong. And it looks like the Astros are going to have about 50% capacity. You could see over 20,000 fans at the home opener tonight for the Houston Astros. And it's the first time they've, you know, played at home with fans. So I think that's going to be good for the players, really on both sides. As these, you know, you're going to get the adrenaline going with the fans. So let's see. Cole Irvin needs to give some length tonight. We can't see three and two thirds. I mean, it, it may, it may be one of those deals. Even if he gets roughed up, Bob just says leave him out there. There's nobody warming up. No one's coming to get you. I don't care if you've given up four runs, five runs, six runs. I'm not. You know. I got a better chance probably to win the next two games with Sean Manai and Frankie Montas than I probably do tonight, to be honest with you. I, I'm sure the I'm sure the Astros are heavily fa- favored in tonight's game. And they're coming home and they're gonna be all juiced up and they had a day off yesterday. That's another thing. Everything is lined up perfect for the Astros, and everything has been just against the A's. They don't get a day off. They're playing 10 straight. I mean, and woe is me. No one cares. The Astros don't care. The Astros don't care that that you had to then play the Dodgers after them and you haven't had a day off. They don't care. They're going to try and beat your brains in. The A's have talked big. Let's face it. The A's talked big last year. And now the Astros, whatever haze was over their franchise last year, it's not there now. If you stayed around for Ace Cast Live yesterday, Chris Russo of High Heat on MLB Network, and of course Sirius XM, the Hall of Famer, was on. And his his best advice for Ace fans and Angel fans: stop yelling at him, stop ragging him. He said it's fueling them. It may have hurt, it might have hurt them last year, but this now they've got their swagger back. Don't piss them off anymore. Don't say anything. 
Because look what they did. Everybody made sign cheaters, and everybody's booing and yelling at them, and they outscored you 35-9. to I thought that, I, I really thought the way Chris sees it, the Mad Dog, I was shocked. I thought, you know, he was going to get into Dusty and how Dusty's whining about, you know, well, these guys have already paid for it. No, Chris Russo went the totally other way. He went, you keep yelling at them, they're going to keep beating you. Do you want to hear? I have the audio if you want to hear so people can hear what Russo had to say. I, I cut it down a little bit. I trimmed it down to about 30 seconds, but here's what Mad Dog said about, you know, the Astros being fueled by, fueled by the booing. Well, here's what I would say about the, the, A's, the A's and the Angels fans. Stop booing the Astros because you're fueling them. Leave it alone. That motivates them. They just went 5-1 and one on a road trip. You know, the A's booed them for four days and they got swept and they scored about 50 runs. I think you're almost a little better off leaving them alone and just letting you know, letting them sleepwalk through a series. The American League West is doing the Astros a favor by riling them up on a day-in, day-out basis. I really do. You might be right. I still want to boo them, though, and I still love the signs. I still want to call them cheaters. It's it's the A. The, the A's got to back it up. That and and you know, it starts with once again cleaning things up. You can't give these guys 90 feet. And you got to do something about Brantley. Brantley in the series was six for nine, four doubles and a homer. Altuve, Bregman, Correa. You got to make good pitches. Too many times you're walking people or you're throwing the ball right down the pipe. Do you know, Cody, what the best pitch in baseball is? Do you know? I'm a big fan of a slider alone away, but that's just me. No, it's not. It's not a slider alone away. Do you know what the best pitch in baseball is, has, and always will be? I'm sure you'll tell me. Strike one. If you go look at percentages... The first pitch you throw to a batter, if it's a strike versus a ball, it's amazing. You'd be amazed. I mean, this is not this is not some crazy analytic. This is not something Bill James cooked up in his basement. This is not, you know, because, folks, let me tell you something. You know what analytics are? They're math equations. Times this, divided by that, by this, times that, blah, 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 blah. go look at them. You go to MLB.com and you can see, and you go to all these analytics, WOBA, they're all math equations. This is not a math equation. This is a percentage, right? If I throw strike one, the odds are I have a, chance, I have a better chance to get this guy out. The more strikes you throw, the percentages go greatly in your favor. The more balls you throw, it really goes into the favor of the hitter. If you looked at the history of baseball, what a hitter, what his average is when it's 0-2 versus 2-0 is so dramatically different, it'd shock you. Getting up 0-2 versus being down 2-0 changes everything. But, you know... I don't keep balls and strikes. 
like my man Ray Fossey does and Vince Catronio, they actually like mark every ball, every strike. I just, I just can't do that. I, I just don't have the attention span to do that. But I bet if we went on, if we went in that, if we went back to the Astros series, and we went, how many A's pitchers had pitchers counts versus hitters counts in that four game set? I guarantee you, the Astro hitters had the advantage. I guarantee you. Ray Fossey, if you're listening, you, you you got your book. You keep it. I guarantee you that they were way more in hitters counts than they were in pitchers counts. And that's why you got outscored 35 to 9. Pounding the strike zone. Getting up 0-1, 0-2, The percentages are greatly in your favor. You make them become defensive. But in that series, what did we see? We saw the A's pitchers on the defense. And all you got to do is follow the game like we do on MLB.com, and they show you where every pitch is. I mean, you see it while watching the game on NBC Sports California. They've got the box there. But then you can also follow it on MLB.com, and they show you every pitch. And some of these balls are right down Broadway. I have a baseball in my hand, and it was coming in right down the middle belt high screaming, hit me, hit me, hit me. And they didn't miss it. I mean, Brantley looks like a Hall of Famer against the A's. We talked to Steve Sparks, the former knuckleballer in Oakland A, but does uh, radio for the Astros. And I, I said to I said, I said, man, Brantley looks like a Hall of Famer against the A's. He goes, yeah, there's like six or seven other teams who feel that way. This guy just flat out hits. If you don't make quality pitches to him, he's going to burn you. Same thing with Bregman, Correa. This, this Tucker kid, he has an RBI, and I love his style. He's got, he's got, he's got a little George Brett in him. No batting gloves. I love that. That's, that's old school mentality right there. Just give me pine tar and a bat, and I'm going up to rake. He has an RBI in each of the Astros' first six games. So the emergence of Tucker... Jordan, Jordan Alvarez being healthy, they're not missing Springer. You know, you wondered what that lineup was going to look like without Springer. Man, Tucker's the guy, first guy in franchise history to have an RBI, and they've had Hall of Famers. He's the first guy in their history to have an RBI in the first every game, the first six games for the Astros. No other Astro in the history of the Astros organization has ever done that before. So, you better come ready to play because you got embarrassed. Commander, they got embarrassed last time they saw the Astros at home just a few days ago. They got embarrassed for two games against the Dodgers. Got to hope that what this team is doing, what they did yesterday, Red Bull rally or whatever, got on a plane, had some cocktails on the way to Houston, and hopefully this is a, a fresh slate. We'll see what they got tonight. You want to go Bob Melvin next? Yeah, Bob Melvin next. Coming up next, it's the Bob Melvin Show exclusively here on A's Cast Live. 
Hey, this is Fred of the B-52s, and whenever my flying saucer is over Oakland, I listen to A's Cast Live. Now back to A's Cast Live. A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. Show here on A's Cast, brought to you by nestbedding.com. Love where you sleep. Go to nestbedding.com, use the coupon code Oakland, and you get 10% off your entire order. Bob, it was a great win yesterday. Boy, did you guys need that. Yeah, it just, it's, you know, to think that we have to grind that hard on a game this early in the season, I feel like it's the seventh game of the World Series. But, you know, that's what happens when you start a season off. If you, if you maybe go through a little tough stretch during the middle of the season, it doesn't seem as dramatic. But it certainly did yesterday, and we had some guys come through. So it's a good thing that, uh, you know, we got a, we got at least a one in the W column. How nice is it for you that, you know, your guys have all been saying, we're not panicking, we understand it's a long season, and, and, and now once you get that win, it kind of like springboards you, and, and here we go. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, you that's why you love to win on opening day because, you know, it's like getting that first hit for a player. You know, you just move on and relax a little bit. Sometimes it's tough to get that first hit. And if you go two or three, four games without it, you start to grind on it. So, yeah, you know, just move forward and try to rack up as many, as many as we can. You know, we're out here on the road again. The schedule's still pretty tough right now, but uh, it was a relief to get that yesterday. Well, isn't it sometimes better to get to get away from home and get out on the road? It is when you're not playing well at home. And, you know, we've been so good at home uh, over the years, too, that, that that was doubly disappointing that we didn't play very well and we get our fans in the stands and we don't play well. That's, that's disappointing. So yeah, I think sometimes you can, it's a relief to get off on the road, but ultimately we love playing at home. And, you know, once we get home again, hopefully we can start uh, rattling off some victories. You know, in a game like yesterday where you had so many people contribute and kind of get out of their funk, Elvis came up big for you. Mitch Moreland came up big for you. Matt Chapman hit the home run, and then two innings later got the base hit. Do you get a sense that that, that, that a lot of a lot of guys got some freedom yesterday with that victory? No doubt, and and you need your your best guys to perform. It's it's tough to you can get by for a while, um, you know whether you're playing good defense or you're, or you're pitching well, which we haven't done anything well. But you need your main guys in the middle of the order to to help you win games. And that, that showed up big for us yesterday. So hopefully they can relax a little bit too. And how about the, how about Loriano with the, the Ricky run gets hit by a pitch, steals two bases and scores on a wild pitch. That, 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 that's, that's a Ricky Henderson run right there. Without a doubt. And you know, when you're not scoring and you're not getting any hits, you know, you look up there in the, the sixth and we have all of maybe one hit. Uh, you have to find ways to do it. A lot of times stealing third with two outs, you know, really might not be the greatest play in the world, but we need every every 90 feet that we possibly can get right now. And then, you know, we were even talking about it when right before the, the wild pitch there that, hey, look, you know, there's there's more ways to score here right now with him on third. And next thing you know, he comes up scoring that run. So that was big that we got that run. You know, we get tied at the time and feel a little bit better about ourselves. And how would you feel about Jesus Lazardo's outing? I thought it was fantastic based on the fact that I didn't even know if he was going to be able to go three innings after that first inning. Um, You know, he's had some problems with the big inning. He's had problems, you know, giving up 
you know, a homer with a couple guys on base or something like that. Other innings looks fantastic. To be able to rebound from that, not only for him, uh, also in, in the way that we were playing and being down again, I think was huge for him. And, you know, stuff plays, and, and he showed it in those next next several innings. And I think he had to dig a little bit deeper maybe than he's had to at the big league level. Yeah, you know, the thing about Jesus, Bob, that, that I, I think some people don't really understand is that he's still so green. He hasn't thrown a lot of innings in the minor leagues. He's barely thrown in the big leagues. He's still learning every day. He is. And, you know, I think we all got spoiled when he came up and pitched in relief when he first got here and was so dominant, you know, for, for one or two innings, maybe three tops one time around the lineup. Now when you're starting, you know, you're expected to go around the lineup three times and it, it's a little bit tougher. So I think, you know, that that's bit him a little bit too, but fact of the matter is the stuff's there and he has a bright future ahead of him you know hopefully this was a springboard game you know since I do the post game show I love the extra inning rule putting the guy on second because uh God knows I hate 16 inning games and having to do a post game show after that how do you feel about this rule you know what I did I was a little skeptical at first just because I'm a little bit more of a traditionalist but it's it's the right thing to do you know, it gives you drama right away. There's a chance to score right away. Um, and and it, it does seem to shorten these games a bit. The last thing you want to do is lose a game where, you you know, you, you use all your pitching up and you have to play 16 innings. And, you know, guys are taxed physically, too. So it, it seems to make sense. So, I mean, when you think back when you're managing – when you would play one of those games that went 14, 15, 16, how much did that hurt you? Like how long did it, did it hurt you just for the next game or would it hurt you like for a week? Oh, it, it's got residual effect for, for at least a few days with your bullpen. And, you know, it forces you to maybe use your start a little bit more, be a little bit more patient because, you know, nowadays it's not like you see too many guys pitching three days in a row every now and then. Um, but it, it, it affects you for, for a while down the road, especially when you lose them. I mean, you feel good if you win them just because you use so much energy and, and you know, it seems to be your entire roster to, to win it. But losing them seems to affect you for a while. You know, one at bat that I was so impressed by was in the 10th inning. It was Jed Lowry's walk. And to see him fight off pitch after pitch from Nelson, it's just watching him, it's like, it's hard to believe Jed Lowry really hasn't played for two years because he looks like the same guy that had those monster years, those two years for you. Uh, just talk about just how amazing it is the way he looks at the plate despite having played in two years. I'm with you. I mean, I you know, we saw it early on. You know, he didn't play in spring for a while. We just got him at bats in these sim games and man, watching in the sim games, you were like, man, he looks like he's the same. And he's kept himself in good shape. Obviously, the surgery was huge for him. But then to see him, you know, start the season off and start squaring balls up, and he's hitting some tough luck at times, too. Uh, it really is amazing that, that, you know, you take two years off, basically, and you, and you still look the same at the plate. It's just a testament to some hard work and, and mentally more than anything else because, you know, when you haven't played in a while, you can start to doubt yourself a little bit, and he's done anything but that. You know, one thing we saw the last two days, I mean, obviously the big hit by Mitch Moreland, get him back on track and was the game winner. But the last two days, Bob, I think he showed you he he, he still has the leather and he can still play first. Without a doubt. I mean, he's got a gold glove at home. So, 
you know, those, those things, you don't forget about that. You know, it's funny because I was, te- you know, I, I texted him before when, when Ole was off. I said, you better find your glove and get, he said, yeah, you know, I'll get those cobwebs off. It used to be gold. It looks green now. He was joking. So, yeah, he, I think he actually enjoys getting out the field every now and then too, because that's what he's used to doing. And even though he's a veteran guy, he's been a guy that's can pinch it and he can certainly DH, but it, it's a lot easier when you get into the flow of the game. So uh, nice to get him out there and certainly, you know, made some nice plays. When do you think we'll see Matt Olson back on the field? You know, probably not, probably not today, but I'm, I'm encouraged about potentially tomorrow. So, you know, that's another thing that's been, you know, affecting us some is that we haven't had our full complement out there very often. You know, Loriano's been out, Murphy's been out, uh, Ole's been out. Some of your, your really your key players, which affects you. So it'd be nice to get a, a full lineup back, especially against these guys, uh, hopefully tomorrow. Yeah, injuries. I mean, I mean, there's a lot of teams that are having them, and and I know you, you lost your closer, and we hopefully he's going to be back sometime in August or maybe September. Just just talk about you know that's that that's the toughest thing about being a manager is is not having all your guys, but it's just a reality. In, injuries are going to happen. It is, and and you know you have to deal with them. Sometimes you know some teams maybe not without the resources uh, have a little tougher time when you lose big pieces and certainly Trevor is one of those. Um, so you, you have to kind of rally around it and try to figure some things out where when you know the ninth's locked down, who's pitching the ninth, you know the eighth, it's certainly easier to mix and match in the sixth and seventh uh, in those innings. And when you have to, you know, lose the ninth inning and put a guy in the ninth that's so valuable in the eighth and now you have to mix and match a little bit earlier, it makes things difficult, but it's just something we're going to have to do. What do you think AJ Puck's role is going to be going forward? Um, you know, it's tough to tell. Uh, it's tough to tell. He's he's got some bicep soreness now too. Uh, that's why he didn't pitch yesterday. And there's a chance he goes on the DL today again. So health, the the first thing for AJ. You know, we need him get him healthy, and he needs to to be out there for several several outings in a row in a long period of time to get his you know kind of his sea legs at the big league level. Unfortunately, we, we haven't been able to do that with him yet. So um, we'll evaluate him again today, but there's a good chance that, that he goes on the deal today. You know, one guy that I think is really going to help you, and, and it looks like he's kind of got his mojo back, and, and the stuff plays, that's Lou Trevino. How do you see Lou Trevino growing in the back of your bullpen? Well, I, if we could potentially close with Lou, I think that would make things a lot easier on us. And he definitely has the stuff to do it. We've seen, you know, we saw years past where, you know, we had Trine and Trevino and, and you look at those two and you talk to a lot of players around the league and they, they made, it is the year that Trinan had was amazing, but everybody's saying that Trevino's got just as good as stuff. So if we can get him back into that role at the end, boy, you know, with some power, it would make things a lot easier on us. And, you know, he's pitched really well this year, less one pitch to, to Alvarez, you know, a cutter that stayed in the middle. Uh, he's pitched really well. So hopefully we can get there with him. Um, I'm encouraged that we potentially can. What do you think a, a, a series win in Houston after they beat you four straight? If you go in there and take two out of three, what would that do for your ball club? Yeah, it'd give us a lot of confidence because we got, we got beat up pretty bad there. Um, you know, they swung the bats and, and basically hit everybody we had. So, 
you know, it's a good lineup. We've seen it before. Uh, we had, you know, during the regular season, we played well against them last year. So the, we have the capabilities to do it. They're playing really well right now, and they're opening up at home. So, man, if we could sneak one out tonight, I think it would, uh, it would do wonders for us. Great stuff, Bob. We always appreciate it. Be safe, and we'll talk to you next week. My pleasure. That's the Bob Melvin Show brought to you by nestbedding.com. Love where you sleep. Go to nestbedding.com, use the coupon code Oakland, and you get 10% off their entire order. Plus, you can shop at their stores in the Bay Area and use the same coupon code. That's nestbedding.com. The Bob Melvin Show. The AJ Puck thing is such a head scratcher. I just, it's like, what do you do? I mean, you pitch him one time, he's on the IL. All we heard, oh, he looks great. Jesus Lazardo worked out with him all spring. And then we talked to AJ, and he said the same thing. Felt great. One outing, he's already on the IL. I just, I, I don't know what your role can be. Remember, the. do you remember what the best ability is, Cody? Availability. Availability. And he's not available. Do you real? I mean, d- does everybody realize we've been talking about him for years now? Think about that. Look it up. What year was he drafted? Uh, let me double check. Was it twenty sixteen? Four years ago. Let me let me just double check. I thought it was twenty sixteen. I could be mistaken. AJ Puck. Uh, yeah, twenty sixteen, sixth overall. You- he was drafted. He's not a high school guy. He's a college guy. He's going to be 26 at the end of the month. He's 26 years old. You basically you got a little bit out of him in relief a couple of years ago, and now three and a third, and that's it. That's it. I remember, oh, what was it, two springs ago? Might even been last spring. What was the spring where we were like, oh, Lazardo and Puck, Lazardo and Puck. That's all we talked about. Lazardo and Puck, Lazardo and Puck. Uh, it might have been last year, to be honest. No, no, it would have been 2019 because he was hurt last year. Yeah, Lazardo and Puck. Lazardo, this is the future. This is the future. Well, Lazardo's living up to it, but Puck, man, I don't know, man. I feel bad for the kid. Being hurt's terrible. What time are we out? What what time what time are we uh, finishing this 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 long show today? Uh, three fifty five is our out time. And I was looking up something. Uh, sorry, I had to get up to close the door because my dog is barking in the background. Clearly, still not acclimated to the new apartment yet. Uh, I was looking up first pitch strike percentages. I just looked up. I looked up all the starters for the A's that are pitching this weekend. But I looked up Cole Irvin. So far this year, in his one start, he throws a first pitch strike seventy three percent of the time. Do you know what Christian Javier's first? Pitch strike percentages in 2021. Can't be good because he only went, what, three and two-thirds against us or something like that? It'd be around 26.7% of the time he throws a first pitch strike. (laughs) That is awful. Well, last year, even last year in the shortened season, it was 44%. So you compare that to Cole Irvin, who's a career uh, 60.6% of the time he throws a uh, first pitch strike. Keep it up, kid. I mean, I know you didn't go very long in the start, but, I mean, that's that's – I mean, he has a you know thirty percent higher chance of throwing a first pitch strike, actually forty percent higher than what Christian Javier has done. So, 
let, let's play the highlight of the Mets game. Supposedly, it was a Bush League ending in the Mets game today. One, two coming. And the slider in there, strike three. Hit him. Hit him. Hit him. Hit him. Hit him. Hit him. Hit Hit Conforto. He made no effort to get out of the way. It was a strike, but he didn't move. And Don Mattingly is going to come out and argue the call with the home plate umpire, Ron Culpa. The ball hit him, and it was going to be a strike. Yep. So Michael Conforto gets a game-winning RBI by sticking his elbow into the pitch from Anthony Bass on the Mets rally for two in the bottom of the ninth. And only now can they fully celebrate as the umpires say that the game is over. What a bizarre way to end the game. That's just ridiculous. I have never seen that. The Mets win their home opener on a bases loaded hit by pitch. On a pitch that was in the strike zone that grazed the elbow protector of Michael Conforto who clearly stuck his elbow in the way. Jeff McNeil ties it with a home run leading off in the bottom of the ninth and Conforto ends it with a bases loaded hit by pitch. Crazy. When you guys realize that that's the Mets broadcasters. Yeah. That's not the opposing. That's not the Marlins. That's the Mets. The Mets broadcasters are ripping the outcome of a win for the Mets on opening day. What is that? That's Gary Cohen, Keith Hernandez, and Ron Darling, former A. Ron Darling. I couldn't find the Marlins radio call. It wasn't posted yet. Actually, none of the Marlins highlights from – well, they don't have very many. They only have one win, but none of their highlights are posted. I wanted to get there. I wanted to hear Dave Van Horn's reaction <laughs> to, to what happened. I mean, that's unbelievable. It got reviewed, too, and they still called it a hit by pitch. I'm looking at it right now. So it hits off of his elbow pad. The catcher still catches it. It's a strike. It's strike three. He was frozen. Yeah, and he leans into – you can see how he, like, leans his elbow pad into it. Hey, I mean – Do you see now I, – I can't believe these – I can't believe New York allowed it. I, I – that that should have been – I can't believe. This is this so – it, like, grazes his elbow pad. It's not like he hit him hard. It's just great. And this is what bugs me, and I've been saying it lately. This is what bugs me about offensive players and people in the game, get me Eno Saris, who are complaining about pitchers using substances to make their grip better. That's all they're doing. They're making their grip better. These substances don't make you throw it harder. It makes your grip better. When you have a better grip, you can spin the ball more. And everybody in baseball is acting like this is some crime. Like, to get better grip? But yet, if you're a hitter, I'll say it again, they can use all kinds of stuff. They can put, they can, they've got spray to put on their bats. They've got pine tar to put on their bats. They've got batting gloves. They've got armor to wear. They can put it on their elbow. They can put it on their feet. They can put it on their ankle. They can put it on their shin. They can put all kinds of stuff and do all kinds of stuff to their bat. You know, they can carve down the handle to make it thinner. They can do it. But if a pitcher 
put sunscreen on his hand. Oh, my God, that guy should go to jail. Bullfrog. Oh, my God, he's using bullfrog. Oh, my God, he's using pine tar. Here a guy, once again, every game matters. Every single win, every single loss matters. And these games add up. If you're going to be a playoff team or you're fighting for a wild card, a game like this could keep you in or out of the playoffs. And you're telling me a Major League Baseball game was decided by a guy striking out, but he stuck his elbow out because he's got a pad there. He was fooled by the pitch, and his team gets rewarded with the win. Man, if I'm the commissioner's office, I am not thrilled with the umpires. If I'm the Marlins, I mean, can you protest that? I'm sure you can. I'd protest that. Oh, I would too. It's it's embarrassing. And then they reviewed it and still said it was a hit by pitch. What's the point of having instant replay if you're not going to overturn anything? How many times do we see the A's get, for lack of a better term, screwed on on instant replay? Where it's a clear call and they don't overturn it still. I don't get what the people in New York are seeing or Secaucus, wherever they're at in the replay room. I know Secaucus is where MLB Network is, but I, I, I'm just assuming. I think, that, they're in New, I think they're in New York. So Manhattan. But, but, but here's something I always like to say. Replay's not wrong. Replay's not getting it wrong. The technology's not wrong. The technology works. It's the human beings that are screwing up the technology. Still umpires, that's that's why I cannot wait for the electric strike zone. Take the game out of these guys' hands because they're not good. I remember a few years ago in uh, Outside the Lines did the uh, study for X amount of games on bang-bang plays. Not, not routine plays, the bang-bang plays. And the percentage that umpires would get wrong on bang-bang plays was crazy. It was crazy. They're human beings. They're flawed. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Folks, go to MLB.com. Uh, it, it's erupted on Twitter. It's tre- it's trending on Twitter, right? Yeah, I, 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 everyone was. I mean, I mean, there's Ace fans tweeting about it. National people tweeting about it. Uh, it's it's all over the place. I mean, the ending is just. I mean, it's just. I feel so bad for Donnie Baseball. The Marlins are already off to a bad start, and then this happens. I mean, I mean, come on. That, that, again, to have the game end like that, I know it's – but these games all matter. And plus, that's an NL West rivalry. It's not like – or NL East, sorry. It's not like they're – you know, the Mets were playing the Mariners on a, on a Thursday afternoon. It's, their, it's the Mets' home opener against a team that made the playoffs last year in the Marlins, and they went on a fluky play like that. It just doesn't – it doesn't sit well with me. No, it's awful, man. And and stuff like that, let's be honest, it's bad for the sport. It really is. We've had a lot of things lately that decisions are being made and just just ugliness, and it's just you're trying to build a fan base. You're trying to retain a fan base, and you're trying to build a fan base. And that's just – that's that's like lack of credibility. I mean, that's just – I mean, these umpires – I'm over it. I'm over umpires. <laughs> I really am. 
Well, I mean, do you want your me to- strike zone, their strike zones are all over the place. They miss calls all the time. And then when you go to replay, the guys back in New York don't want to overturn it and make their counterparts look bad. I mean, you'll see there and look at plays and go, truly, this should be overturned and it doesn't get overturned. And then people like you go, what's wrong with replay? And then people like me go, there's nothing wrong with replay. It's the guys using the technology. Yeah, I agree. Do you want me to put you in a, in a better mood to end the show? You know what happened on this date in 1974? Do you have any guess? In 1974. You would have been, what, three years old? Two years old? Two years old. I didn't see this. Uh, are you taking me to Atlanta County Fulton Stadium? I am, and the great Vin Scully. I'm going to have to cut this short because we're almost out of time, but here's what happened on this date. Here's the great Vin Scully. One ball and no strikes. Aaron waiting. The outfield deep and straight away. Fastball is a high drive into deep left center field. Buckner goes back to the fence. It is gone. in the deep south for breaking a record of an all-time baseball idol. And it is a great moment for all of us, and particularly for Henry Aaron. Wasn't it just fitting the baseball gods that Henry Aaron hit that against the Dodgers so Vin Scully could call it? I mean, it could have been anybody else. It could have been the Reds. It could have been, I don't know, throw a team out there. The Padres, or, you know, it could have been any... But it, the Dodgers, it's just the baseball gods lined it up. So one of the greatest moments in our game was called by the greatest announcer in our game. Uh, that's really well said. And, you know, the late Hank Aaron, uh, the, the true home run king. Sorry, Barry Bonds stands. Yeah, uh, it's, get it's, out of the way, Barry. By yeah. the way, also on, also on this date in 1975, I'm now three years old. Frank Robinson, the Hall of Famer, became the first African-American manager in Major League Baseball history as he was serving as wait for it player manager love those guys player managers player coaches so i'm hit i i'm hitting third every day <laughs> i'm writing myself in the lineup every day and i'm hitting third i don't care what any of you suckers say i'm running the show all righty we're gonna play you steve sparks from our show yesterday the knuckleballer we'll be talking about the astros and what's going on with them and of course he by the way he he loves Oakland. He loved pitching here. It was a brief time, but Oakland is one of his favorite places to go. He loves coming to the Coliseum. He loves the fans. You're going to hear that next. And then I'll be back in a few. We're going to start at uh, 4.07 with A's Total Access. We'll see you in a little bit. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. 